Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Grace Crossing Church. Great to have you here with us this morning. We're so thankful that you're a part of what is going to be a very, very meaningful day as we get to do something together for the kingdom of God here at Grace Crossing Church. Now, if you are newer to Grace Crossing, or perhaps it's your first time with us here, uh, we want to especially welcome you, or maybe you have had a hiatus from Grace Crossing or from attending church for a while, and uh, now it, it's after kind of the summer months, and, and uh, after Labor Day, things have kind of gotten back into a rhythm. You're back here this morning. If you're here this morning and that's you, we want to welcome you as well. We want to thank you for being here. We trust today will be a very meaningful day for you of worshiping here with us. Now, if you're newer uh, and you'd love to just let us know about your visit with us, there's a connection card in the seat pocket in front of you. We'd ask you to take the card. And uh, if you would just complete that card, drop it off at our connection center in the gallery on your way out today. We have a gift that we'd love to just give you as our way of saying thank you for coming this morning. Uh, We also have complimentary Bibles back there. So Whether or not you're a newcomer, but you'd like a Bible, you'd like your own personal copy of God's Word, we would love to invest that into your life so you can stop at our Connection Center, and uh, we'd love to give you uh, a copy of Scripture today. Now, you may have noticed when you walked in and you got your handout this morning that there is a commitment card in your handout today. And so, let me just talk about why it's in your handout. It's there because we are believing and wanting and inviting everyone here at Grace Crossing Church to participate with us here on this Commitment Sunday. So like my wife and me, many of you have already uh, prepared your card. You've come with a prepared card. You already have gone to God and you've asked God what it is that he would like you to do. And you have made your decision, and you are now presenting your card here this morning. You've got it completed. So if that's you, we want to thank you for doing that. Some of you are here this morning, uh, and you already know what you're going to do by way of affirming or the way of increasing, uh, like my wife and I are doing, or perhaps you're making a new commitment to Grace Crossing through Imagine today. But you've just not filled out your card. Well, that's okay. There's going to be time for you to do that in the service today and for you to prepare that and get ready to bring that forward. Now, for those of you that may be new here or newer to Grace Crossing Church, let me just say the reason this is in your handout is that we're inviting everyone to participate in this this morning. So whether or not you fill out the card, and you are certainly welcome to do that should the Lord lead you, but we do not expect that. And yet we would ask you also to join us and to bring a card here this morning so that we can remove the awkwardness out of this moment for those that may not be making a commitment today. We want you still to feel a part and to be a part of what we're about to do this morning. In fact, I I presented our card in our first service, so mine is blank here in the second service, but I'm going to be part of bringing another card because I want every one of us to feel a sense of togetherness as we do this this morning for the Lord. Now, before we move into our final week of our Imagine Reimagine series, I want to introduce our brand new series that starts next weekend. And I'd like you to see uh, just quickly a bumper for the new series. Take a look at the screens.
Okay, come on. How many of you just wanted to sing this morning and just join in that song? Come on, let's be honest for just a moment, right? Now, here's the deal. Just 66 words make up the Lord's Prayer. And yet that prayer was never intended to simply be recited. It was intended to be lived on and lived out. In fact, Jesus did not give us the Lord's Prayer so that we could have something to memorize. He gave it to us to be something that would actually revolutionize and transform our prayer life. So when we fully understand and comprehend what Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer, and when we begin to integrate it into our lives, it has the capacity to change our ordinary prayers into extraordinary prayers. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. Now, this is an all-church growth series, Living on a Prayer which means we are inviting everyone this fall like we have done every fall for the last number of years to be a part of a connection group during this journey together. An eight-week series that we want you to jump into one of our connection groups, whether you've been a part of them or whether you have not, and you're kind of maybe this morning going, I don't really know if I could do that. Like, I don't even know what that would be like to be in a smart You're okay to come here to church on Sunday morning, but you're not so sure whether you could get that close to a group of people. Let me just say something this morning. If you want to learn at Grace Crossing Church, you do that in rows. But if you want to grow at Grace Crossing Church, you do that in circles. You cannot grow the way God intended you to in rows. The way God intends us to grow is to do it in community, which means we do not do it alone. We do it with one another. So listen, there's an on-ramp for this that starts this week, and it's not too late for you to register. There's also an off-ramp eight weeks from now. If it's just, you know, something that you feel like did not add value to you, you feel like you did not get anything out of it, you're going to have a chance to step out of that connection group. But we're urging everyone here to jump in and be a part, and you can do that in a number of ways. You can take the connection card, and you can just simply mark on it this morning. Even if you don't know which group, just put, I'm interested in connection groups, and we'll help you. Or you can go to our website. You can look at the menu of options, the menu of groups. You can register for a group out there. Um, or you can stop at our Connection Center following the service and just ask them and just let them know of your interest, and we'll come alongside you, and we'll help you find your way there. And speaking of prayer, just a reminder that tomorrow night uh, is our next one prayer. It's our monthly gathering of prayer here at Grace Crossing Church. God has been doing incredible things through one prayer in us and through us. And uh, we just want to invite you to join us tomorrow night. We're going to really launch this whole series uh, by praying into the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to do that tomorrow evening here at One Prayer. So we invite you to join us at 6.30 tomorrow night. Now, today we reach the culmination of our Reimagine series. This is our final week of Reimagine. This is our commitment week. And as we come to this final week of our Reimagine series, here's what I want to do. I want to answer a very important question this morning. This is a very, very important question that some of you here have been wondering. And if you're here and you're a millennial this morning, you've definitely been asking this question. You may not have asked it out loud, but you've asked it in your mind. Here's the the question I want to answer in this final week of Reimagine. What's in it for me? I mean, whenever we're making some type of investment, we often ask ourselves that question, don't we? What's in it for me? And I think it's a fair question that deserves a reasonable scriptural answer. And so this morning, 
We're going to answer that question. In fact, the answer to that question lies in the theme verse that we have used for Imagine and our Reimagine series, Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. Let's take a look at it from the New International Revised Version. God is able to do far more than we could ever ask for or imagine. He does everything by his power that is working in us. Did you notice that this morning? God is able to do everything by his power that is working where? In us. So here's the reality. Imagine is more about what God wants to do in you than what God wants to do through you. Imagine is about our cooperation with the work of God in us individually and collectively. Through Imagine, we are getting to give our time and our talents and our treasures not because we have to, but because we get to. Because we have an opportunity to do it. Through Imagine, we are becoming more and more like Jesus. So the last few weeks, we've talked about some ways that we're becoming like him. First, we are becoming more like Jesus as we are more of an all-in personality when we choose to give ourselves fully to the work of God's kingdom. We become more like Jesus. Secondly, we are becoming more and more like Jesus as we are trusting God more and more with our lives and everything that he has given to us. And thirdly, we become more like Jesus as we practice preemptive generosity, not because we have to, but because we get to. Not because somebody asked, but because we just simply have a bent toward generosity. And I said this last weekend, but I'll say it again. We are never more like Jesus than when we are loving fully and when we are giving generously. We're never more like him. And that's why in Acts chapter 20, Paul actually is reminding the Ephesian elders of this. He says, I taught you to remember the words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. There is blessing in receiving. Don't get me wrong. There's a tremendous blessing when you are on the receiving end of generosity. But it is, there is more blessing, the Bible says, and Jesus spoke it, when we are generous, when we are the ones who are doing the giving. So in this fourth week and final week, I want to talk about the final way that we actually are becoming more like Jesus. It actually answers this question, what's in it for me? Imagine is the chance for us to grow like Jesus. The question becomes this morning, how did Jesus grow? Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Here's what that means. Jesus wasn't born with those things. He grew with them. Now, we are talking about the Son of God here. We are talking about the Savior of the world here. We're talking about Jesus, and yet Jesus grew. 
And so if Jesus grew, I think it only stands to reason that we would also be expected to grow like Jesus. You see, following Jesus is not merely about going where Jesus is going and doing what Jesus is doing. Following Jesus also involves growing like Jesus grew. It is spiritually growing. In fact, I would suggest to us this morning that the outcome or the the, the final result of our following Jesus should be our spiritual growth. And here's some things I've learned about growth in my own life. It doesn't happen accidentally. I I don't grow simply on accident. I, I also don't grow because someone else is responsible for my growth. I grow because I'm responsible for my growth. Here's another thing I've learned about growth in my own life personally, as a person, as a leader, is that growth will always cost me something. There is always a price that we will have to invest if we want to grow. And I've learned in my own life that if I'm not willing to make the investment in my growth, that I simply become stunted in my growth. So here's the deal. Growth's going to cost you something. Stagnation of growth will, will, growth will always also cost you something. It'll just cost you something different. You'll pay a price if you don't grow. It'll be a different price that you will pay, but one way or another, it will cost us something to grow or to stagnate. And so I want to say this this morning, that through Imagine, we have the opportunity to grow. That's what's in it for us. In fact, I believe that Imagine provides us an opportunity to invest in us. Through Imagine, you get to invest in your growth. You get to invest in yourself. And the Bible actually teaches us what this looks like. There are four things that I want to present to us, things that are in it for us, that when we participate in the work of God's kingdom, here are the things that we get out of it because of our participation. This is your investment in you. They're found in three verses in the book of Colossians, chapter 2. Here's the first one in verse number 5. I'm overjoyed to see how disciplined and deeply committed you are because you have such a solid faith in Christ. Please do not miss the connection here between faith in Christ and commitment. Imagine can actually firm up your commitment to Christ. Now, we live in a culture today where the C word is a dirty word, commitment. We live in a culture today where it flies in the face of conventional wisdom to make any sort of commitment, but it does not contradict God's wisdom. In fact, God makes it very clear that our faith, the more solid our faith is, the more committed that we become in life. And in the Bible, there's a word that is used for this. In fact, it's used actually more frequently than the word commit or commitment. It's the word faithfulness. We are only committed 
to the, the degree that we are faithful. And we are only faithful to God to the degree that we are committed to God. It works both directions. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 2 says this, It is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. That word trust there is taken from first century Greek culture, and it actually refers to the superintendent of the city's finances. That's one of the common ways that word was used. It, it's speaking of the city's treasurer. And I think you would agree with me that whenever you entrust someone with your money, with your resources, you are placing a high degree of trust in them. So if you're here and you have a financial manager or a financial planner, a financial advisor, a broker who helps you with your, your investment accounts, you have a bank that you entrust, you are placing a degree of trust in them. And here's what the Bible teaches. We are the ones that have been given a trust. We are responsible for something that doesn't belong to us. It's another way the word trust is used. It's, in, it's translated in other places, steward. It means the person who is responsible and oversees someone else's estate or someone that manages someone's farm or property. It doesn't belong to them, but they have an obligation. And they are given more as the trust goes up. So, so here's my question for you this morning. How trustworthy are you with what God has placed at your disposal? How trustworthy am I with what God has placed at my disposal? There's a powerful parable that Jesus tells, a parable of the talents. Um, some of you may be familiar with it, but Jesus tells the story. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a, a man who owned much, and he decides to give five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, and one bag to someone else. The men with with the five bags and the two bags, they go out and they actually make an investment and actually have a great return on what they were given and they bring it back to their master. The guy with one hides it, his bag of gold, because he said, I was afraid of you. I was afraid of what you would do with what you entrusted to me. I knew you would sow where you didn't reap and you were a hard taskmaster. And the master said, if you knew all those things, why did you hide it in the ground? Why did you not invest what I gave you? Multiply it. And then Jesus takes the man with the five and the man with the two, takes the man's one and gives it to them. And here's what he says, Matthew chapter 25. His master replied to the man with the five and the two, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. That is a picture of what it's going to look like for all of us one day. When we stand before God and God evaluates our lives with what we did, with what he put at our disposal. And here's the reality. Twice in this, the word faithful appears. I think of all things, this opportunity is a chance for us to actually firm up our commitment to Jesus Christ. Here's the second thing imagine we'll do for you. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. 
in the same way that you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah, by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Now, I want you to notice here a couple of things. One, our faith in our Christian life is a journey. We are on a pilgrimage. The readers of Paul's letter to the Colossian church, they were primarily Jewish. They would have understood exactly what Paul was saying here. Paul is saying, listen, there's religious festivals that you're going to go to. And you're going to travel to those. Some of those you're going to travel to Jerusalem, to the holy city, regardless of where you live throughout Israel. You're going to come here. And you're going to have to determine on that journey what you take with you and what you leave behind. You're bringing the essentials, but you're leaving the non-essentials behind. Anything that's baggage, you're letting it go. And he's saying it is a journey that's never going to actually come to, to fulfillment. You're going to be on that journey as long as you are here on earth. Now, there's another thing about the Christian life I want you to see. It isn't just a journey. It's also a destination. While the Christian life has no end, it does have a destination. Your Christian life will never end. You will go on an eternity, right? It won't end, but there is a destination. Now, when you hear that word Christian destination, most people think heaven. Like, that's the destination. I got to get to heaven. That's not your destination. That's not my destination. Heaven will be the culmination of our journey. It may be the end of our life here on this earth, but it is not our destination. Our destination is found in this verse. It is union with Jesus. The highest goal of the Christian life is loving union with Jesus. And that is not something that waits for heaven. We get to enjoy that right here on earth. We get to experience, as we progress and continue our journey of faith, we get the privilege of progressing further in our union. Some of us are stuck in our Christian life. And we've been here for a long time. And we actually may be taking steps backward. Imagine as a chance for us to advance our journey, to further our journey of our faith in Jesus and our loving union with Christ because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. It is about our loving union with him and our unity with one another as God's family. There's a third thing that's in it for us found in the first part of verse number seven. It says, let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth that you were taught. Do those terms strong and vigorous define your relationship with God today? Do you want them to? Let me say to you then this. Healthy growth will require healthy roots. If you want to have healthy spiritual growth in your life, it will require healthy roots. I shared a few weeks ago that I have a, a new maple tree that got planted. And uh, it was doing really well. And then in July, it started to change colors. 
And so I took a picture of it a couple of weeks ago, and I took it back to where I bought it, and I talked to the guy there, and, and I showed him the picture, and he looked at it, and he goes, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I, I can't really tell by looking at this photo whether the tree is healthy or not. Because to know whether the tree is healthy or not, you've got to remove the soil, and you've got to see what's under the, what's under the soil. You've got to go to the root system. All I can see is what's on the outside, what's above the soil. But that's not what determines the health of the tree. What determines the health of the tree is what's below the soil. Here's what he said to me. He said, I'm going to send out our certified arborist who's been doing this for 40 years with trees like this because he's going to be able to tell whether that tree is suffering from root rot. That's a great term, isn't it? Let me ask you a question. How's your root system these days? How healthy is what's below the soil? The things that people can't see. How emotionally healthy are you? How emotionally honest are you? How emotionally aware are you of how your life is impacting those around you? How, how aware are you of how you're loving yourself and loving others? Are you experiencing any root rot these days that needs to be corrected so that your life can become healthier? The Bible here teaches something. Let our roots grow down deep. Why? So that our life can be nourished. Here's the deal. Imagine can nourish your spiritual health. It can help nourish your spiritual health. We become healthier people when we align our hearts, our values, and our priorities to God's kingdom, to what God's doing here on the earth. Oh, and there's another thing about trees you ought to know. Some of you do know this. But the tallest trees have the deepest roots. Their roots are down deeper and deeper in the soil than trees that are shorter. I've got an image that I think actually really captures this this morning, rooted. If you want to be rooted, if you want to grow deep, if you want to live tall, you've got to have deep healthy roots. And I believe imagine is all about us putting down deeper roots into the soil of God's work. That as we are generous to God through Grace Crossing Church, we are actually putting down deeper roots into what God's doing in our life and through our life. There's one final thing that actually happens and I believe can happen through imagine. It's found in the latter part of verse number seven, Colossians chapter two, and it says this, let your lives, let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all that he has done. Imagine will not just make your life healthier. Imagine can make your life happier. Did you know that there is a correlation between your happiness and your generosity? That's scientifically proven. Giving actually alters the neural pathways in your brain. It actually has a way of making you think different and feel different. In fact, there's a study that was done just last year, May of 2018. It was, re it was released actually by the science department at UC Berkeley, California. 
And they were studying generosity and the impact of generosity on individuals over a long span of time, gathering information from many scientific reports and backgrounds. And here's what, here's what they concluded in their study. Generosity actually helps us to feel better. It actually helps us to feel more vital in our life, more vitalized, and it actually gives us a greater sense of self-worth and self-value. Here's the other interesting thing they, they concluded. Generosity, there's actually a correlation between generosity and delayed mortality. So you want to live long? You want to live a happy life? You want to be a person that's filled with joy? Your life is overflowing with joy? Then I think one of the ways to do that is to become ridiculously generous. But there's another connection. Did you know there's a correlation between your happiness and your gratitude? That the more grateful that we are in life, it actually has an impact on us physically, mentally, emotionally. You see, the Bible here makes something very clear. It says that our lives should overflow with joy and with thanksgiving or gratitude. Notice it, for all that he has done for us. Our generosity and our gratitude is about one person. It's about Jesus. It is about what Jesus has done for us. That is the reason that we can be overflowing with joy and overflowing with gratitude. And so I want to say something this morning as we begin to prepare our hearts to respond on this commitment Sunday morning. Imagine is about Jesus. It is about what Jesus has done for us. Imagine is not about what I have done for you or what our leadership has done for you or what Grace Crossing Church has done for you. That's not what Imagine is about. Now, I pray that you love the church leadership. I pray that you love Grace Crossing Church. I do. But that is not why we're doing Imagine. It is not about us. And it is not about what I or our church have done for you. Listen, I did not die for you. Jesus died for you. I didn't die for you. I did not hang on a cross and bleed for you. Jesus hung on a cross and bled for you. I did not. I was not resurrected. I did not ascend to the Father. I'm not making intercession for you, but Jesus is. It's because of what he has done for us, not because of what anyone else has done for us. And when we get that straight, when we understand that, Man, it changes everything about the way that we live our lives, the way that we live out our faith, and the way that we respond to God. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.